So our current plan is to start in Oregon, launch with our own branded analogs of Cheetos, Oreos, and Kit Kats. And then as soon as possible, we want to expand to California so that we can launch the same set of products. And California being a larger market, by then we'll have more traction and hopefully have more funding by then to set up a shop for the manufacturing of infused M&Ms and Skittles. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Jack Quo, the CEO of Moxie Unlimited. Jack, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me here. Exciting stuff, Jack. Our listeners are going to be as surprised as I was when they realized that we missed something because we all know about edibles and there are lots of cannabis infused candies like gummies and chocolates. But under the heading of edibles, there there at least seems to be one glaring omission that I missed. Never even thought about cannabis snacks like pretzels or Fritos or Cheetos. (laughs) Jack, why aren't there more (laughs) cannabis snacks? Well, cannabis industry, you know, it has its roots in the black market. And even when I was a kid, you know, people make their own brownies and cookies at home. So the history goes back to when people incorporated cannabis into products they can make themselves at home. So the products they are able to make, it's not very technical. Mm -hmm. It's fairly easy and accessible. And as the legal market has grown, we have products coming on board like candies, gummies, chocolates, baked goods, and now more and more beverages. Mm -hmm. And these are fairly easy to make. They have low technical barriers to entry, candies and gummies. If you really want to, you can make them at home. Same with chocolates. That's why it's common. So the problem with that is, you know, it doesn't matter which state you're in and whether it's recreational or medical, the state of the cannabis edibles, it's pretty much limited to these five categories. They're easily replicable which means that it's more or less commoditized. So Mm -hmm. you have multiple brands competing with similar products and competing for the same consumers. And that's what we're looking to change. Oh my gosh. And you are because barriers to entry to make, say, Cheetos is is so much greater than to make some, you know, gummies. You know, you think of the munchies, you think of Cheetos makes it perfect, (laughs) works perfect. Absolutely. So you you mentioned earlier that you have experience in consumer packaged goods. So let's start there. Talk about, you know, what type of expertise you need in order to to knock off cannabis snacks. Absolutely. So for those who don't quite understand CPG or consumer packaged goods, because this is one of the new buzzwords in the cannabis industry when you go to trade shows, it's basically... Everything that you would find in a grocery store, so food and wellness and a little bit beyond that, packaged foods anyways. So our background is uh, in packaged foods industry and my other company, we make cheese puffs. And that's where we want to bring our experience and expertise to the cannabis industry. So take cheese puffs, for example. Even those in the food industry don't really know how they're made. There are only a very small handful of people out there that really has expertise in this. And the equipment, it's even harder to come by. So to make cheese puff, typically it requires equipment that runs in the tens or hundreds of millions. And oh my you need gosh. an army of staff and you need 50,000 square feet of space. And you're 
running out of volume for the likes of Frito-Lay or huge private labels. That's the norm. Yeah. So where we come in is that we understand how these products are made, how it's manufactured, and I have came up with a system and equipment that shrinks all of this down to something that is about a thousand square foot at very low six figures, and we can make products of the similar quality and same great taste and all that. And I've done this with my other company for years. That's crazy. So just to recap, mm-hmm. you have two things that make it difficult. One is you need the expertise. You need to know how to do this. And then even if you know how to do this, you need the equipment, which is very expensive. You know, that's the challenge. And if somebody can unlock that code, which you're doing, it kind of gives you the field all to yourself. Because There's one other key factor in all of this that makes it difficult, if not impossible for potential competitors to copy what we do. So as you know, you cannot sell across state lines with anything with THC, right? Right. And then you have these pucks that are made on industrial scale, massive uh, volume manufacturing systems. And when you manufacture products, say Cheetos, you cannot share equipment across cannabis and non-cannabis products. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say I'm a well-funded cannabis company and I want to try to make Cheetos. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't quite work because let's say I'm in Oregon and I'm going to spend $10 million on a factory to make a cannabis Cheetos. But the market size and the fact that I cannot sell across state line does not make economical sense whatsoever because the cost of entry is so high. I see. That you're never going to break even. And that's where we come in because we have this smaller scale that's very low upfront cost that makes the same quality product. And you can and we can do that with Oreos, M&Ms, and so forth. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now we're going. Now your equipment, this equipment, because it's such a small footprint and it's not as expensive and you figured it out, you can replicate that in different states? Yes. So our current plan is to start in Oregon, launch with our own branded analogs of Cheetos, Oreos and Kit Kats. And then as soon as possible, we want to expand to California so that we can launch the same set of products. And California being a larger market, by then we'll have more traction and hopefully have more funding by then to set up a shop for the manufacturing of infused M&Ms and Skittles. Skittles. (laughs) We're going to Skittles too. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. And so M&M Skittles, these are what I'm really, really excited about. I mean, compare that to a bar of chocolate, which is pretty much most of uh, edibles, that and gummies, right? So these are easily portable. They're well understood by everybody what they are. You know, mm-hmm. they don't melt in your hands. Melts they, in your mouth, not in your hands. they're small little pieces. It's easy to titrate to your desired user experience. Jesus. You can go Reese's Pieces. You got, this, this never ends. Oh, <laughs> yes, and Reese's nev- Pieces as well. This never ends. I want to take a short break to play you a preview of our next episode and to thank our sponsors. That's a lot of money, especially for the retail sector, right? They're planning on holding these companies between three and even 10 years. You know, more than almost 60% of investors are looking at that kind of time horizon. So while the stocks are very volatile and have up until probably about January, early January this year, been on a pretty steady march down, you know, retail investors are not getting out. Tune in on Thursday to hear Lewis Goldberg from KCSA Strategic Communications talk about their recent cannabis investor survey. And now let's get back to the show. 
you mentioned that you have some funding going on right now. Talk a little bit about that. So we have been working on this for several years. We have prototyped and experimented, did some field tests in the past four years or so. We formally started on this path a year and a half ago, and now we are fundraising. That's what we're working on now. This is a seed round. How much are you raising? This is a seed round. So we're raising seven fifty thousand. Okay. In convertible notes, twenty percent discount rate, ten percent interest, thirty-six month maturity, okay. and with a two point five mil valuation cap. And what are you going to do with the proceeds? The proceeds will be go t- towards building out the factory, okay. uh, getting the su- supply chain lined up, staffing, and launching the product by fall of this year. Launching it in, and in- also for uh, brand building, marketing. And sales push and operating cash flow. So all of this, this entirety of the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is expected to take us to break even and beyond in Oregon. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, man, that's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, you're really, you're really creating another category. Absolutely, edibles. It's they're typically eleven to thirteen percent of the industry size, and in the past. Quarter or so with the vape scare, people are not deterred from cannabis altogether because of vape scare or health reasons. They just switch different type of products. So you can see that edible sales have gone up, <laughs> and with the ch- shifting demographics of cannabis consumers, you have older people, you have newer cannabis consumers coming in. So they might find smoking flowers maybe a little bit more intimidating because it smells. So edibles, it's a way that's a lot more approachable for these people. I'm gonna say I knew him when. This is one of those stories, Jack. I will have all of Moxie Unlimited's uh, information in the show notes of this show and also on the MJ Bulls website. So, if any of our listeners want to join in on this fundraise, they're just getting kicked off here. You'll be able to get that information there, Jack. Super exciting. I can't wait to have you back on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast, and of course, on PodConnects.